Welcome to the Recognizing Potential podcast with your host and certified relationship coach, Cameron Thompson Alaricki. This is the podcast for all things real and raw on marriage, family, and building healthy relationships in this world. As a coach, I am on a mission to help couples recognize their full potential and reach far beyond that with tools, resources, and busting through their own limiting beliefs. Together, my clients and I are changing the statistic that half of marriages end in divorce by creating clearer communication, stronger, healthier habits, more passion and intimacy, and balance in the marriage, whatever that looks like for you. I'm a pilot wife, and together we have a baby and an 11-year-old from my previous marriage, so you can also find tips on blending a family successfully in this podcast. In my spare time, you can find me reading, painting, and traveling this gorgeous, incredible world. Hey guys, real quick. The gift of growth for Christmas is here. I'm so excited to let you know that the revamped course for Better Me, Better Us is officially open. This is the course to better your marriage by yourself. I've run two rounds of this so far and it was so successful for people. And I've even added three extra coaching sessions to make it even more impactful. So if you are the type that you have a partner who isn't on board with coaching, therapy, or counseling, just know that it's okay. I was there about three years ago myself, and I can honestly tell you that there's so much that you can do on your own to have the marriage that you so deeply desire. My husband and I now have the marriage that we've always dreamed of having because I took the steps myself that I did that I'm teaching you about in this course. And then he came along with me saying that it was all the work that I had done that he was seeing the results of. He felt bad for not doing it himself and he wanted to be better too. And that's what created the great marriage that we have now. If you are ready to get off the merry-go-round, you're ready to be able to set boundaries and create balance and harmony, not only in your marriage, but in your home as a whole. If you're ready to have confidence and stellar communication, if you're ready to have healthier fight styles and ready to just be the best version of yourself overall, this is the course to jump into. Click the link in the show notes. Of course, there's always a payment plan available as well. You can email me at coaching at recognizingpotential.com. Again, that's coaching at recognizingpotential.com for payment plan options. And we start January 4th. Make 2022 your year. I can't wait to see you in there. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Hope you are all doing well. This week, I have a little bit of a cold. And so you will have to bear with me on coughing and um, sounding a little bit stopped up. I am. So I've been doing a little bit of research lately on the causes of divorce. And the reason is that January coming up is the leading month for divorces. It is the, um, the month where most divorces happen. And so I kind of want to speak into that a little bit. If you are thinking about divorce, if you are thinking about, you know, the holidays bring up a lot of turmoil and a lot of challenges with relationships, there's a lot of reflection. 
towards the end of this year. It's the last month of the year. You start reflecting on the year past and how much you've you've grown and how much you haven't, where you've done well and where you haven't. You start thinking about your relationship and is it time to call it quits or is it time to, you know, really hit the gas and try to make it work? Here are a couple of things that I want to talk to you today about what happiest what the happiest marriages have versus what the happiest marriages don't have. And I will also tell you, if you are thinking about divorce, if you are in that space, I want you to ask yourself the question, have you done every single possible thing that you can to make it work? I know in my first marriage, when I was considering divorce, things were really bad for about three years, about four years before I actually pulled the trigger. And the reason that I let it go on that long was that I really wanted to make sure that I had done every possible thing that I could before I actually signed divorce papers because I didn't want to have regrets. And I think that that is what separates me. When I look back at my at that marriage, I don't feel any regret at all. You know, there's a lot of people that I deal with in blending families and a lot of, of clients that I have they have a lot of jealousy for their ex or they have a lot of regret. They have a lot of, you know, um, just a lot of thoughts that go into the past and they are living in the past of what should I have done? What could I have done? And so I want to talk to you about that so that you don't have that moving forward. You can do every single possible thing that you can to make your marriage work. And part of that is getting the tools that you need. I think that all marriages struggle at certain times. All marriages have conflict at certain times. And I think that if you really have the right tools, and this is part of the reason that I'm a coach, if you have the right tools and you apply those tools, there is a very good chance that you can use that conflict as a form of connection. And so what I want to talk to you today about is things that successful marriages have. And one of those things is a filter. A filter over your mouth, a filter over your eyes, and a filter over your hearts. And it's not just a filter over your mouth. You know, we've all, we've all met those people. We have those people in our lives that you're like, oh man, I can't take you anywhere. I do not know what is going to come out of your mouth. But in our marriage, we also have to make sure we're not that person. So our tongue has the power to build others up or tear them down. So how are you using yours? And this is one of those things where we have to stop and we have to think about the things that we are saying to our spouse. And it's interesting because I was in a conversation the other day with a client and he said, but Cameron, you tell us to be honest and vulnerable with our spouses. So if we're not saying everything that we want to, to our spouse, isn't that lying? Not exactly. I'll give you an example. Um, God bless my husband. This is not to throw him under the bus at all, but he kind of had that same mentality 
in terms of he just wants to be open and honest at all times. Uh, after Zane was born, we went through a really hard time. Uh, you know, when you're adjusting to adding another kid to the mix, when you are, it was his first biological child, so he wasn't really sure what to, you know, think and feel and do and all of that. Um, it was a really stressful time because I was still working full time and, you know, we had the baby. I wasn't sleeping. He was still gone. He, you know, he was gone all the time, working, flying and all of that. So it was a really hard time. And one of the things that he said to me without really even thinking, he said, I'm not attracted to you anymore. Well, that hurt really deep really deep. That was really, really hard for us. And when he said, I'm not attracted to you anymore, like, I didn't know what to do with that information. That, that was awful, especially because one of my biggest insecurities is my weight. That's not a secret. I know you guys know that. We've talked about it a lot. Um, but when he said that he wasn't attracted to me anymore, no woman wants to hear that ever, especially three months after she had a baby. Because your body looks weird. In a, in a woman's mind, your body after you have a baby, like, your body isn't good enough for you either. Like, it's weird looking, you know, everything is huge and full and saggy and there's extra skin. I mean, like, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's one of the leading causes of postpartum depression. So then when your husband comes to you and says... Yeah, I'm just not really attracted to you anymore. I immediately thought, oh, okay, well, that's it. He's leaving me three months after we're getting it, you know, we're, we're getting a divorce and I am a relationship coach. What the hell? So <clears throat> we worked through it. It was about a month. It took us about a month. And he said, you know what? He goes, it was just in that moment. It wasn't even that I wasn't attracted to you at all. It was that, you know, reflecting back on what I had seen you know, there was a child that came out of you, um, you know, seeing you and your body grow and change, it's a mindset thing. So he's looking at it as a negative thing in the way that I look versus that I created a human, nothing against him, but that's just the way that he looked at it. And then when he voiced his concerns in a moment of vulnerability for him, but also, you know, hurting me without thinking, these are the things that happen when we don't have a filter on our mouth. When we say things, when we use our partner's insecurities against them in a fight, when we say things that we don't really mean as a whole, we just mean them in the moment. When we're saying things that does not build our spouse up, but rather tears them down and disrespects them we don't speak words of wisdom and we definitely aren't speaking gentle truths, right? So when we're using our tongue for promotion of negativity or promotion of what we feel in the moment, this is also an emotional intelligence thing. If you can't regulate your own thoughts and feelings and you can't regulate your own emotions in the moment, you're going to hurt people because hurt people hurt people, right? So it means that, you know, when your wife has had a baby three months before and you come in and say, I'm not attracted to you anymore, 
that's going to cut pretty deep, you know, thinking and having that empathy for, okay, when I say this, how is my partner going to respond? How is my partner, how do I expect my partner to respond? How do I expect my partner to process this information? And knowing my partner, is that how this is going to go down? Or is my partner going to get defensive? Would I get defensive if they said this to me? You know, it's, if you don't really like your wife's dinner that she made that night, instead of saying something like, that sucked, say something like, hey, you know, I really liked the veggies that you made, but next time, could we maybe add a little bit of salt? Could we maybe add a little bit more seasoning? Could we take out certain things? My husband is really good about this. Um, He's not really that picky anyways. He really likes pretty much everything that I cook, and God bless him because the smoke detector is the the song of my people, y'all. Like, let's just be honest. But in that... He is really good about saying things like, hey, you know, I really liked this, but next time could we use, you know, chicken thighs instead of chicken breasts? Or could we use, um, you know, different kinds of noodles or something like that? You know, he's, he's really good about that. And he says things like we, could we, he doesn't cook. Are you kidding me? But he uses the we as a promotion of team instead of saying things like, could you, because you is a little bit, bit more of an attack. Okay. Um, when you're talking to your husband, you know, instead of saying things like, God, you're being such a jack wagon today, try something like, Hey, you know, I've noticed that your energy is a little bit off today. I feel like you're stressed. How can I help? Um, you know, is there anything that you want to talk about? Seems like you had a really long day today. Did something happen specifically? What's going on? Okay. So, All of this to say, we know our faults. As human beings, a lot of times we are our own worst critic, right? But like I talked about last week, if our partner says it, it makes it true. So we have to really be careful how we say things and what we say. And having that empathy, not just to, not just for ourselves, but also to empathize with them hey, when I say this, is this going to come across the way that I intend for it to, right? People are going to, and especially your partner, is going to respond a lot better if you are gentle with your truths than they are if you are completely brash with them. And this is something that I've had a really hard time with for my entire life. I mean, this is something that I work on a lot on myself because I am just kind of a put it all out there kind of person, right? Um, My mom is that way. I learned that from her. And there's a lot of times, I mean, my mom has even said things like, hey, other people's opinion of me is none of my business. And so I'm going to just say what I'm going to say. And if they don't like it, then tough. Well, that's not always how to take the situation because people get hurt really bad. You know, it's that whole sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That is the biggest lie there ever was ever. Like we really need to stop telling kids that because it is absolutely untrue. And the filter on our mouth in marriage is one of the most important that we can have. If you really look at the people that have, and I'm going to be interviewing a couple that's been together for 50 years. Um, that'll be in a couple of weeks. 
one of the things that they do, the way that they talk to each other is completely different than the people who are together, but you know that they're unhappy. You know that things are not going well in their marriage. Listen to people that have been married for a long time or that you really look up to and be like, yes, that is relationship goals. That is a couple goal right there. That's who I want to model my marriage after. Don't pay attention to those who you don't want to model your marriage after. Pay attention to those that you do, that you look up to. How do they talk to each other? Guaranteed, they have a filter on their mouth. They don't say things that they feel in the moment. They they say things that are promoting a healthy manner for the bigger picture, that build each other up. If they have something that their partner needs to hear that may be a little bit hard for them to hear, they start it kindly, okay? Here's a tip for you. If you have a constructive criticism for your partner, first of all, don't criticize. If you're going to complain, then make it a complaint. And the difference is criticizing attacks the person as a whole. It attacks their character. A complaint attacks a behavior, okay? So this is actually like two tips. So the first is complain. Attack the behavior, not the person as a whole. So instead of saying you always or you never or you, okay, say something like, hey, I've noticed that ever since you started working with so-and-so, your character has become a little bit more arrogant than confident. I love that you have confidence But the arrogance is sometimes a little off-putting, okay? So you're going to say something like, hey, I've noticed, blah, 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 all right? Or, hey, your behavior in this sense is, you know, this is how it's being received kind of situation. Don't attack the person as a whole. Like, um, hey, I've noticed that you're an arrogant jack wagon. Okay, uh, maybe not always, Maybe only in certain situations or only, you know, since they've started working with somebody or since they've started hanging around with somebody, okay? Then also you're going to use a sandwich, okay? You're going to make it a sandwich. Hey, I really appreciate how you load the dishwasher. It's, or I really appreciate the fact that you help me clean the kitchen, okay? I really appreciate the fact that you put all that effort in. Um, sometimes... The way that you load the dishwasher, the dishes don't always get clean. So if we could, remember that wee thing that my husband does, it's really helpful. Maybe if we could like stack the plates this way, or if we could, you know, make sure that the silverware is up instead of down, or making sure that the bowls go on the top shelf instead of the bottom, or however you want it done. And then, but again, I just want to emphasize how much I really do appreciate your help. Um, it's just easier if things get clean the first time instead of having to re- rerun it. That is going to be a lot more well-received than being like, God, you suck at loading the dishwasher. Can you fix that already? Or who who taught you to load the dishwasher? They were terrible at it. Something like that. Or a sarcastic comment. That's not going to be well-received either. The second filter that we have is on our eyes. And this is not to see our spouses in the perfect light and have that toxic positivity of like, oh my gosh, my wife or my husband is so wonderful and they can do no wrong. No, no. Okay. 
seeing marriage and seeing our our spouses for who they really are. And sometimes this is really hard because we have such high expectations as human beings that we expect a lot more from our spouse than what they're capable of. So if we have that filter to see our spouse for who they are rather than what we expect them to be, if we have that filter for seeing marriage for what it really is instead of the Disney fairy tale that we expect it to be, instead of seeing you know, are the way that we think that our spouse should be or the way that we think marriage should be. It's that whole shooting on ourselves that ruins things a lot of times. We have a lot of expectations around that and that gets hard and resentment is built because marriage doesn't own up to our expectations or our spouse doesn't own up to our expectations. And we have to ask ourselves, first of all, did we even communicate what those expectations were? And did we do so early and often and clearly, right? The second thing is that if we're looking at marriage through rose-colored glasses where we feel like everything should be wonderful all the time, that's not realistic. That's something out of a rom-com, which, I mean, God love them. They, They make you get you right in the feels and make you feel great. But at the same time, Marriage has its ups and downs, those ebbs and flows. Without the ebb, without the lesson, okay, there that's to teach you something so that your marriage can up-level. Otherwise, we get complacent. And complacency is seriously the killer of all marriages. Complacency is the thief of joy. It is the absolute in what a couple's goal should not be. And I know I just should it on you again. But at the same time, should it? I don't even know if that's a word. I just made it a word. Anyways, point being that complacency is what we are not looking for here. Okay? So we want to have those lessons. We want to have those ebbs so that we can appreciate the flows. We want to have the valleys so that we learn conviction. And then when we have the, the peaks, we can learn confidence. Okay? So have the filter to see everything for what it really is. The last one is to have a filter on our hearts, okay? And that is to say, are we seeing and and accepting our spouse's influence? This is something that I have struggled with personally because I was married once before and I am my husband's first real relationship like, um, in his culture, it's not common to date around. It's not common to be divorced. It's not, it's not really heard of. So for him, you know, I am his first real deep relationship. He did date a little bit before we got married, um, or before we even started dating, but he, um, he didn't really meet a lot of people you know? So he was very focused and career driven. And that's one of the things that I love about him. At the same time, it has hindered me. And in my own mindset that I've had to work on, I have had to really learn that like, he does bring a lot to the table. That's why I married him. But I need to get over my own intellectual arrogance and accept his 
influence. And so that third filter has to be present on our heart. The heart is where the spring of life flows from anyways. And this filter doesn't go on our physical heart, but rather on our emotions too. I've seen so many relationships fail because one partner couldn't forgive their spouse. This is another area that I see a lot of with relationships. Thank God my husband and I are very good about this. We both know that as human beings, we're going to hurt each other. It's not intentional. We're going to say things that we don't really mean. We're going to say things that, you know, we, we have to really watch it when we're arguing and take that space and take that time so that we don't say things that we don't mean that we can't take back because again, words do hurt really bad. So we have to have that filter to remember the intentions of our spouse as well. And I, it's funny, my husband and I were actually just talking about that the other night because we were talking about when we get angry and it's like I said, like I, you have to look at me and say, okay, is my wife always angry? No. Is she angry on a daily basis? No. So if she's angry, then that's got to be a signal for like, okay, something's not happening here. Some, there's a need that's not being met, right? And so in that, we have to remember who our spouse is and their intentions and who they are at their core. Forgive them for the anger and the behavior that they exhibit in that moment. But at the same time, understanding and regulating our own emotions to see the underlying message of that anger. Pent-up resentment is like a cancer that slowly eats away at a relationship and not seeing each other's perspectives and having that filter on our own heart makes one intellectually arrogant. It also breeds contempt and entitlement. So when we show empathy, when we show acceptance, we love our spouse for who they are instead of who we expect them to be. We forgive their imperfections. We forgive them that their body doesn't look a certain way that we expect it to three months after having a baby. And we help them to be a better version of themselves every day. That's the purpose of those three, of those three filters. The filter on our heart is for our own emotions to say, okay, I'm going to regulate myself. I'm going to step back from the situation. I'm going to step back from the moment, okay? And I'm going to really look at the situation for what it is instead of reacting to whatever it was that my spouse just said. And that's what I think a lot of relationships are lacking right now is that emotional intelligence to say, okay, what's the underlying message here? What's my spouse really saying to me? What is all behavior is communication for an unmet need. So what's the unmet need that my spouse has right now? What's the unmet need that my kids have right now? When my kid is throwing a fit in the middle of Target, it's not because they want to be bad. It's because there's an unmet need there. Are they tired? Are they hungry? Are they bored? Are they tired of being in the store? I mean, I love Target, but my children do not. So, you know, is this, you know, that we've been in the store too long? What's, what's happening right now? What's going on in their heads? And we have to ask that for our spouse too. Hey, I see that your energy's off. What's happening? What's going on in your head? We actually just talked about this too the other day, my husband and I, um, when we travel, it bothers him that I, 
get stressed out and kind of uptight. But what we've realized is that that is like I have travel anxiety and it's not on big trips. It's, it's not on just big trips. It's on small trips, too. And so even if we're just like traveling to my parents or traveling to my brothers or something like that, I still get travel anxiety because it's not my comfort zone. It's not my home. I'm going to a different place and I'm traveling with a toddler. So there's some anxiety there. There's some a lot of, of things that I'm working on um, because, you know, I'm a human being too. Just because I'm a coach doesn't mean that I'm perfect. I have things that I'm working on too. And I try to be as vulnerable as I can with you guys. And I try to, you know, like let you guys know the real and raw just so that you know that you're not alone. But at the same time, give you the tools that I'm using and give you the tools that you can use as well so that we can all work through it together. Um, If this has resonated with you at all, if you feel like you need one of these filters or if you feel like one of these filters is broken in your relationship with your partner, definitely reach out. Email me at coaching at recognizingpotential.com and let's have a conversation over this because I really feel like this is important in order for your marriage to thrive. And um, this is one of the tools that my spouse and I, like I've said throughout this entire podcast that we've really put to use is having the filter on our mouths and having, you know, talking to each other in a certain way that promotes, you know, genuine concern when things are not good, genuine you know, wanting each other to be the best that we can possibly be as a spouse, as an individual, as a parent, in all the different roles that we have, but at the same time, giving those gentle truths instead of those harsh ones that hurt so bad. Also, you know, being able to regulate our emotions, being able to ask ourselves, okay, who is my spouse at their core and what are they meaning? What are they needing in this moment? Lastly, seeing marriage and seeing our spouses for who they are and what they can do instead of what we want them to be and what we want the marriage to, what purpose we want the marriage to serve are our expectations too high, okay? So all of that to say, if you are struggling with this, reach out. If you are needing a course around this, EQ and you has been wildly like more successful than I ever even anticipated for it to be with the people that are in it now. Um, the first round is almost complete and I will tell you guys the results within the first two to three sessions of coaching were astronomical, like mind blowing. Even I, I'm still, I get texts every single week from one of the students that said, or one or more that say, oh my gosh, this is what happened this week. This is what happened with my, my spouse. This is what happened with my boyfriend or my girlfriend, or, oh my gosh, this is what happened at work today. Like, this is how I used it. Thank you so much, Cameron. Like, this is so helpful. So if you're needing that, if you are needing any kind of the filter on your heart is the part that you are struggling with the most, or the filter on your mouth, this is definitely a course that's going to help you. So reach out, Um, I have another round starting here pretty quick and we can get you in there. Otherwise, have a fantastic week. Next week, definitely make sure to tune in. I am interviewing um, Shannon Burton. She is a sex coach and 
a plethora of information. Um, that interview was absolutely fantastic. I'm so excited to share that. So definitely make sure you tune in next week as well. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Recognizing Potential podcast. If you found the content in this episode helpful, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. I appreciate it so much, and it would absolutely make my day if you would share this episode by taking a screenshot and sharing it on your social media. I'll leave ways to tag me in the show notes, and I will talk to you next week.